Do you like trophies or achievements in video games? Do you ever do you ever chase those? Do you like? I those? never chase them. Okay. It's nice when I get them. I never chase them. Yeah, when you get like little bling or whatever. I'm like, what's that? It's like, oh, you died 10 times. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the acknowledgement. When you're playing like God of War or something like that and you defeat a hard enemy or you get through a big, a really cool story chapter and you get a little bling. I actually don't like the story ones where you're like watching this crazy cutscene and you finish a chapter and you're emotionally drained and you're about to start the next chapter. And it's like, well, you did the chapter. (laughs) In the middle of a dramatic cutscene. But I do like the ones where it's like, man, I'm playing Minecraft and I really got to farm these chickens. Oh, man, I got so many eggs so I could farm so many chickens. It's like, bling, you farmed a million chickens. You should try going outside. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that, that's cool. I did a lot. Let me see how many cows I can do. Those those are fine. I mean, I again, I don't, I don't ever try to get them. Yeah. It's all just, if I get them, I get them. Yeah. So it's just, it's fine. But I don't ever actively try to get them. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing I get to trophies is when I try to unlock perks mm. or attachments in something like Warzone. Yeah. But like, they give you little, like, challenges to try to unlock. No, but, no, no, no. It's like when you, like, do, you level up a weapon enough that, yeah. like, you unlock more attachments. Sure. It makes it better. So, okay. it's a, it's less of a reward. It's more of an investment. Yeah. An empty reward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like trophies. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, I look at those as investments versus rewards of just, like, a trophy icon appearing or something, Mm. or some animation. But it's not just the trophy icon, it's your trophy level that's attached right to your PlayStation Network profile. Or your gamer score on your Xbox Live gamer tag. So that's how you value your worth in that community. In that community, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I have a really high PlayStation Network trophy (laughs) score. I was wondering where this was going. I was like... (laughs) Okay. Well, that's not where it was going. I got in an argument today. I like a one of the most uh how do I describe this? The 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 most heated argument about the least important topic I think I've ever had. <laughs> Besides maybe the question of do you consider a hot dog to be a sandwich? I have gotten in like some nearly friendship ending fights over that question, but um <laughs> but this one was uh, I played Minecraft with some friends, and we booted up a new realm because uh, the new 1.19 update came out, which, side note, was kind of a disappointing, but yeah. whatever. It has some new uh, new content. Um, uh, we booted up this new realm. My friend is really sick of going out on this big, long adventure in Minecraft, dying. You lose all your stuff. You drop it on the ground, and you respawn like miles and miles mm-hmm. away and mm-hmm. like it's really hard to go find where your stuff is and yada 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 so there's an option uh called uh keep inventory so when you die you keep all the stuff you had and you just respawn um and he really wanted to turn that on i've never played with that on so i was like yeah why not um so i turned it on and an alert came up saying warning anybody's playing on xbox or playstation will not earn any trophies or achievements Oh, yeah. It's like if you turn yourself invincible. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, you're not. Hey, this is a cheat. Nothing matters anymore because you're (laughs) making a cheat. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to reward you because you're cheating now. Yeah, go fuck yourself. And I was like, whatever. And then I realized that every update that comes out to Minecraft, they add a new batch of PlayStation trophies. So I was like, hey, listen. I know you've been playing this new realm for a little while, and you've put in significantly more hours in it than I have. But I want to delete it and start from scratch. (laughs) 
so we can earn trophies. How did that go? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and then there were some other people in the office today because I, I play with some friends from work, and they were in the office, and they were like, "I actually really would also like to earn those trophies. I like earning trophies." And he was like, "Why don't it means nothing? It's literally just a bit of code that gets added to your PlayStation Network profile that means nothing." And I was like, "Well." To him and I, it actually does mean something because we're PlayStation friends and I have a higher level than him and he's never going to catch up to me, but we're both going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try and stay ahead of him and he's going to try and catch up. So it, it is it is kind of important and it's fun for us and you need to say yes because we'll be mad if you don't. Are you competitive? I'm not competitive unless I'm naturally gifted at it. I choose the things I'm competitive with if it's something I know I can win at. <laughs> like Mario Kart and PlayStation trophies. So you don't take loss as well? No. Do you get mad at yourself? Yes. I get mad at the world. <laughs> so maybe you are competitive, but you're so competitive, you've developed a natural instinct to not get into competitive things. Because... I'm competitive and smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like I like winning and I don't like losing. So when I start losing, I stop. <laughs> that's, why, that's why when we used to play Overwatch a lot, I could only last a, a few games. Because if we we're on a three-game losing streak, it's ruining my entire day. Because, wait, so you're mad in those moments? I'm frustrated, I think is the most appropriate word. I'm frustrated and, like, I think more sad than mad. As weird really? as that sounds, I just get bummed out. It's like, I'm not having a good time. Like, so we why did keep really doing, well, but it meant nothing. Yeah. Why well, keep doing something that's not a good time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm so good okay. at quitting things. We've talked about this yes. so often. Why that's I, why I I'm love curious, quitting. because I think you have a, I think you have an intuitive affinity for puck handling. Mm. Oh, but today I was getting pretty frustrated but, because I messed up a couple times. But you were doing drills that I drew. I do. Okay. And I've been playing for like 10 years. Yeah. Plus. And you picked up on, you were picking up drills that I do at my level. But then I messed up once or twice and I almost quit hockey forever. <laughs> so, were you that frustrated? I mean, no, but you heard me frustrated in the moment. Yeah, but everybody gets frustrated. That's fine. I get frustrated. Yeah, I guess. Too. Like frustration is normal is my point. Like it's not abnormal to be frustrated. Yeah. That's my point. It's just, it makes me wonder about how you would handle like a loss in a game. Like if we played, I wouldn't. <laughs> if we played a hockey game, would you be, because I, I played with guys who would kick the plastic like kick the boards on bench if we lost and break the board and guys who slam sticks against the the bench and snapped sticks like yeah. i've played with competitive people i so, so this is gonna get pretty personal but <laughs> <laughs> i i think i am known to be a pretty laid-back guy i'm a pretty mm. go with the flow easygoing laid-back me too whatever bra kind of groo exactly. groove bang groove <laughs> we've bang. had a whole podcast episode yeah. about this i'm a groove, groove bang guy yeah groove bang. um when i'm not <laughs> it's there's a lot of little tiny hype rage things that happen to me little tiny frustrations that i just bottle up i just i keep them i keep them deep down in here in my core and then whew, they're gone but they're not gone they're all in there and they're slowly getting compressed from this anger carbon into an anger diamond. <laughs> and then and then when something bad enough happens, like three or four Overwatch losses in a row, <laughs> I punch holes in drywall. <laughs> but it's very rare. So you know why now when you see in hockey there are retaliatory penalties when guys get frustrated and, 
hack and slash or pull. Oh, when the goalie snaps their stick in half against the goalposts. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I get it. And I try to think of how I would be in that situation. I think if it were like game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs and it was sudden death overtime and a, a, a goal went in, that was my mistake. Like if if the team was playing well, they're doing good defense, but they just managed to get one in, and I missed it. I I like I would be in the news, <laughs> like, not sports news of like this fucking psychopath just did this. I in mean the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean people were concerned about Jack Campbell, who's the goalie for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, last year when he let up a goal. Yeah, that ended their playoffs like that, mm. and he was crying in the post conference post game conference. And they were trying to talk to him about like, so like, what are your plans? Like, how did you think about that play? And all he could say was like, it was my fault. Ooh. And he was like, he had tears and he was just like, I let everybody down. It's my fault. I did this. Goalies are different, man. And like, but like, that's also not common. Most goalies won't be blatantly open like that. Yeah. Most goalies bottle it up or most goalies just don't talk about it. But like he was... Breaking down on the podium, basically, and Damn. just having a rough time. And his teammates were trying to prop him up, and his coach was like, "It was a good shot. It's just, <laughs> it's a elite level shot. Like you can't stop that. Like that's what happens. It's that's yeah. the game of hockey. You get some, you don't. It's not. His name is Campbell, so they call him Soupy. It wasn't Soupy's. Uh, <laughs> wasn't Soupy's fault. You know, it was a good shot, and you know, sometimes the goalie gets beat. That's a top tier nickname, Soupy. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Jack Campbell. What would oh. like? So, is your hockey nickname Dubsy? Yeah, would be Dubsy. 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 It would be Dubsy, or would be Dubsy. it is Dubsy. I don't play in a team, oh, okay. so I don't have a team nickname. But it even would be like, Dubsy. but you like play hockey. You play like pickups and stuff like that. They don't still oh, have Maddie. that like nickname. It's Maddie. Maddie. Okay. Maddie cool. Um, like, would I have one? Would I be like Chrissy or something? Uh it depends. R- Robsy. Might be Robsy. <laughs> Robsy. Robsy, yeah. Uh, maybe everybody. Maybe like everybody has something. a a not a call sign, but it's like their own call sign. Name. So like, it, no, I feel it, like it needs to end in sy. It's not always that. So like, I don't play on a team. I or a league. I play in just like a private pickup. So we all know we talk to each other just by our first names. But yeah, you know. When Joel skates by the on, on the ice and we're on bench, we all yell, Joel, like we all like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just do shit like that. That's a thing. Or like uh, you got like this guy whose last name is Spain. He's just Spain or Spainer. And he's just this like nasty dude. Like yeah. he's just, he's got really good hands. So like we don't have really have nicknames, but you yell yeah, people's no. names in a certain like yeah, it's yeah. a call sign you're like as there's a, a call as a sign Kraken fan when when uh philip grubauer saves a really good mm-hmm. shot yeah, yeah 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 so it's like that like you have that it's not not that creative because we're not actually teams but you do do stuff like <laughs> I mean, that shouting grew for <laughs> philip grubauer isn't that creative either <laughs> no but it's more it's more that's that's gonna stick with him versus like if he was playing in my private pickup we would just probably call him phil <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh why were you talking about this? Oh, losing. Losing. Um, Cuz I'm curious about how you'll handle how you will handle a loss in hockey if you ever end up playing a game. I mean, I'm granted. Bad. Granted. We don't even track goals in our pickup if you play with us. We oh, don't, really? No. We're just there to have fun. Like, hey, good job. And then next time. It's like, "Hey, you scored. Yay." Like it's just it's like, like the Top Gun football scene. 
<laughs> I think they stopped keeping track a while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Nobody keeps track, so nobody cares. Yeah. But cool. it's just good to know. Good to know. But some people in some leagues and some games they do care and they do. Again, I've played in those leagues. Yeah, where guys lose their shit. So interesting. Yeah, no, not me. Um, nice, very nice. <clears throat> yeah, trophies. I love them. Those are my thoughts on trophies. I have uh, I have a pretty hefty friends list on PlayStation Network. What's up? I was going to ask a question. You can finish. Uh, a lot of friends. A lot of friends from high school. A lot of friends from college. Mm-hmm. A lot of friends from working at GameStop. A lot of friends from our last job that we worked at together. A lot of friends from my current job. And then randomly, I have like a couple employees from IGN.com <laughs> because there was a moment where they increased the PlayStation Network friends list count from 100 to 1,000. Um, and someone who ran a podcast that I was a huge fan of was like, all right, I'm going to accept the first 900 <laughs> uh, additional friend requests that came in. I was like, boom, <laughs> like, I got it. And I'm still friends with him. And he is the one exception on my friends list who has a higher trophy score than I do. Oh, you mean a professional, <laughs> like a professional in the gaming who industry? plays every game that comes out to review. So I'm okay being being second place yeah. to him <laughs> okay fair enough and i think i'm slowly losing my stuff because like i just play fewer and fewer games less and less often and more nintendo uh and a little bit more computer games but yeah there's there's not a lot of things that i i, I scour for trophies so question yeah hey what is to you because you're a trophy boy yeah between trophies and loot boxes that you get like an overwatch from just progression you get like little rewards for playing for periods of time um I, they're different. I am, I am addicted to both. <laughs> but they so are, you, you like them looty boxes. They are different. Yeah. We both bought Overwatch. We spent forty dollars on it. I did it not buy out. Overwatch. You got it. Someone I was gave gifted it, to you? it by Scammy. Nice. Okay, so you've spent a total of zero dollars on Overwatch. Correct. I spent forty dollars on the game and one hundred twenty dollars on loot boxes. <laughs> Because they're really pretty. <laughs> I want it to be the pretty Reinhardt. The, oh, dude, pretty, the, pretty here's Roadhog. The, thing. the art of Overwatch. It's nice. It's nice, it's and it's nice. nice to look at. It's nice, and the skins are really creative. The, yeah, the skins like, are good. The skins you see are good. someone running around with that cool Ferris skin. It's like I need that. Yeah, I need that. I can't continue to exist unless yeah. I have that Ferris skin. Okay, I, I don't get to that level, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I, I yeah. Okay. okay, I do. I get what you're saying. When a trophy pops, when you get a cool trophy. Uh, it's very rewarding. It's like, oh, I got it. Yes. Oh, I feel so good. Uh, and then when when you unlock a loot box, like when you level up and get a loot box, oh boy, like it's a it's like a, a trophy pops, but with a reward, a cosmetic <laughs> reward for a video game. Yes. Um, so that's nice. But then you could also just do that to yourself over and over again for $2 a pop. Yeah, <laughs> so true. That's why the loot box system works. Yeah. Um, pivoting a little bit. Uh, Overwatch 2 coming out in October. Probably going to flop. Beta didn't sound very good. I it's think it's going to flop because they're changing them, forcing the comp to be five with one tank. Yeah, exactly. Which a lot of people said just doesn't really feel like much of a change, but somehow the game feels worse. <laughs> I don't... I just... It's just... It's not needed. Yeah. That's the thing that I keep going back and forth with Scammy on, because Scammy and I will still play sometimes. Yeah. It's just... You don't need a giant comp change. Like yeah. You don't need a drastic change in the gameplay. You just don't. They're revamping like all of the tanks because of it. Because yeah. now you only have one tank, so yeah. now they all are going to be different. So they it's need like to have different roles, kind of. I understand they want to spice it up, so it's like we need to stay relevant in today's market. Blah blah blah. I get that. Yeah. But you don't need to shake up the core foundation of your player base. Yeah. Because you want to, tr- you think it's going to bring in enough new players. You need to stay fresh or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I feel you. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. 
Um, and then speaking of the loot boxes, they announced that they're not doing loot boxes anymore. Correct. They're doing microtransactions. Hey, gross. Hey. So now you could just straight up buy the good skins. <laughs> and now something. it's free, right? Like now it's free to play. The multiplayer is free to play. The the PVE is still going to be forty bucks. Yeah, fuck that. I'm doing. It was originally PvP. the all the new characters and all the new maps are going to come to everybody for free. But they're going to come to like Overwatch One for free. Uh, Overwatch Two, you get the cosmetic upgrades and the PVE for forty bucks. Now the cosmetic upgrades, <laughs> the whole Overwatch Two is going to be free except for the PVE. I, f- I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, mm. but I feel like a lot of companies are looking at the the money that's being generated from like Fortnite and Warzone. Yeah, and they're thinking, how can we tap into that type of money? Yeah, like. Because it's bonkers money. Yeah, it's fucking bonkers. <laughs> it's money. bonkers money. It's not like oh that was a good that was a good quarterly profit. It's like no, this changes the trajectory of this fucking company. We set a new record that we didn't know existed. Yes, <laughs> literally changing the trajectory of our of our company. Oh yeah, it's so profitable. Epic Games used to be probably best known for making Unreal Engine, yep. like the graphics That's engine. That's it. And now they're known for the company that does Fortnite. Yes, <laughs> like period. <laughs> uh, Warzone. Activision Blizzard, yeah, Microsoft was interested now, right? Yeah. Like they purchased it for how many billions? Activision Blizzard, yeah. Did they? Did we I, talk about this? Microsoft bought them. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> for like seventy-six billion dollars or something. Something crazy. Yeah. Something absolutely bonkers. A number that's hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah, and it was just it was a number that I was like, "There's no way Activision Blizzard is this. It costs is worth this." Yeah, Star Wars. Was less than this. Like, there's no way. Was significantly less yes. than that. Was like $72 billion less than that. <laughs> so it's just, it's it's bonkers money. And I think that's what a lot of companies are thinking of, of. Just what can we do to replicate that type of user base interaction for our profit? Which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm not saying like, how dare you companies try to make profits here? That's the war. No, I get it. You want to fucking make a profit. You're making a product. That's what companies are. That's what you for. do as, a, as an entity. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it makes me wonder, like, the decision making behind mm. everything is mm-hmm. now so much more transparent. Yeah. Because it's just, oh, you want microtransactions. Okay. You want to do kind of like, oh, it's like, oh, you can get like the Overwatch season pass now. Oh, you can like buy it and you get like I mean, yeah, a thousand Overwatchy be... points. And oh. it's like... <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> why not just Overwatch points? I don't know because it's Overwatchy <laughs> points. I don't know. It was too plain. I don't know. Just <laughs> you gotta spice it up. I would be more apt to buy an Overwatchy point than See, an Overwatch it, point. It works. So there we go. It works. There you go. <laughs> All it took was putting in an E at the end, and now it's like, dude, wait, I'm, that was an E? Like, what? Well, no, the the the, the Pronunciation of E. Oh, okay. Overwatch E. <laughs> Overwatch E points. You know, I thought it was like Overwatch. <laughs> no, Overwatch E points. <laughs> Overwatch. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, it's more blatant. I would call it blatant capitalism. Is <laughs> like it's a subreddit. They're not trying to. It's yeah, a subreddit. Yeah. They're not trying to hide it anymore. No. It's just like, oh, this is the better bottom line business decision. Right, so right. that's why we're doing it. That's why yeah. Where before it was like they would have to hide that language and they're like, we're really doing this for the fans. And now they're like, well, this makes the most money. I don't under- What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That makes sense. Um, f- uh, I was talking to 
uh, I was talking about Fortnite the other day, yeah, and yeah. I, I think I said here uh, that I played it a couple months ago. I played a couple rounds with one of my friends. Non-build, right? No, yeah, no build. No just, build. No just build. Uh, uh, shooties. Combat. Yeah, combat. Shoot, shoot. Uh, run, jump, and it was slide, fun, you shoot. Said. It was so fun. And then, like, I was just playing it and, like, running around and, like, Doctor Strange headshotted me after I killed Rick from Rick and Morty. Rick Sanchez. And then, like... <laughs> Like it, like it's it's the biggest crossover of all time of any media ever. I'm pretty sure. Legal crossover. Vetty Player One was pretty big. I, this is much bigger. Okay, it's it's insane. Like if you looked up true Spider Man's like in it yeah. of playable characters. like Fortnite characters, yeah. John Wick is in it. Ninjas in it. Uh, ninjas in it. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in it. Not yeah. a character, just Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, Bruno Mars is in it. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's vehicles from all sorts of things. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, it's absolutely insane. I mean, a lot of people will say Fortnite is the blueprint for the metaverse. Yeah. That's what they, that a lot of, a lot of articles will reference Fortnite in that, that like crossover as being an example of the metaverse. Yeah. It's cause I think like the deeper meaning to that is like, they have figured out like the licensing like groove of like just this is what we're gonna do like it's gonna bolster the sales of your disney plus show and it's gonna make more people play our game which is gonna continue to bolster the sales of your other things that you're gonna partner with us on and it's like everybody wants a piece of that and everybody wins it's also an example of a space where all those things exist yeah at once at once it looks like ready player one when you're running around in it exactly so yeah it's and it's just like it's fun it's like weird dystopian fun do you still play it no, I played it like twice. I played it once after that, just solo. Like I just dicked around a couple times, but it was still fun. It's just, it's definitely more of a social game to me. Like we played that so we could do something while we hung out. Like we just did a discord call and we played for like three hours or something like that. Um, but it was, we were playing it so we can have an excuse to hang out. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. Let's get to the real meat and potatoes of this episode. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. For Obi Wan Kenobi. Spoiler alert for episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six of Star Wars. <laughs> and then yes. episode one, two, three, four, five, six of the TV show Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yes. What were your thoughts? Fantastic. Incredible. Fantastic. Ten it out was, of ten. <laughs> it felt like an extent. It felt like exactly what I think they wanted. It, it felt like an extension of the prequels, and they sprinkled. You could see the stepping stones for the original trilogy. Yes. So much of it. And it took I was place, just... <laughs> like, timeline-wise, directly between the prequels and the, the the original trilogy. And it felt like an exact stepping stone. Like, it bridged the gap between the two of them in a way that made both the prequels and the original trilogy better. Yes. And I, like, completely mean that it makes the original trilogy of Star Wars better. Yes. <laughs> Which is, like, that alone is such a feat. It's, oh man, it's, it's so impressive to me because not just did it do from a story perspective, that kind of delivery, Mm. but what it did for character development for both Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and Leia and Leia and Owen and And Owen and yeah, just (laughs) huge amounts of character development that painted the picture so much brighter. Yeah. And just I I'll, I just want to say like 
there's something about the chemistry between Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Yeah. That goes beyond the 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 the, the dialogue. Yeah. There's like a weird physical chemistry that they have when they when they perform these roles together. Yes. I don't know if it's for whatever I maybe all the time they spent during choreography for the fight scenes. There's just something like when I was watching Vader and him. Mm-hmm vader and obi-wan fight in the last episode yeah there's just a spark there there's <laughs> yeah, just a, yeah, yeah that goes beyond the fact that it's like oh my god that's darth vader and obi-wan there's a spark behind that of the authenticity behind it because yes. of their chemistry that you just can't you can't develop that i think with any other two two actors i think it's like no that's a hating christensen and ewan mcgregor chemistry that they have when they have these roles and they go at each other with it yeah it's just it, it's to me it's almost as organic and iconic of like tony stark robert downey jr and chris evans captain mm, america mm-hmm. where it's like when they would go at each other it's like it there's so much chemistry that of the back and forth yeah it just meshes so well yes exactly yeah. and like that was immediate yeah. with iron man and captain america right that was in uh, avengers and avengers yeah. that was the it, when the, it was just so natural that they would do that yeah it's just there's chemistry, and yeah. that's what I think. What is what really was the secret ingredient mm-hmm. was that they knew beyond just having the visual of Hayden Christensen or just having Anakin Skywalker in it was that chemistry. Yeah, there's no way a stunt double was gonna be able to portray <laughs> that same chemistry with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, at, instead of Hayden. And I think you you said it when you said it was probably all the time that they spent rehearsing the choreography for the, uh, yeah. episode three, and I think it was. It's like dance partners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, they probably did some drills or some routines that like made mm-hmm. them so in sync that even though they were fighting, they had to like do it cooperatively. Like, when you see that I'm swinging like this, you know I'm gonna come for this, and like you need to do this, and like I kind of aim a little bit to the left or I aim a little bit low on your on your blade or something like that. So you need to like counteract for that but then like that transitions really well into like two fighting partners like yeah fighting really well uh and it's it's like dance partners it's how they're just so in sync at a certain point because they spend so much time trying to think like the other person and trying to like work in sync and like they clearly still got it and and yes 100 yeah. and that to me is what was so enthralling about that fight scene or every time they they faced each other it was just this weird thing of i am literally watching darth vader versus obi-wan kenobi yeah and not just it it was beyond just the screen yeah it felt like i was watching them as like in existence immersive in existence (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. immersive of like i'm watching the existence of these characters yes yeah 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 yeah. it wasn't just oh ewan is so good and oh that's oh we oh that's anakin and like that's that's the hayden christensen it was just like no that's darth vader and that's fucking obi-wan kenobi and that's (laughs) this is what's happening like this is a fact (laughs) yeah this is a fact that existed that happened and it's just this weird perhaps it's biased because we saw them all through the prequels yeah but regardless I think that bias is needed to help this come together. Like it's like the perfect middle of the sandwich. Yeah. That just like now that's the that's the warm lettuce of this McChicken and now <laughs> and now it's complete. Like now this is the oil and vinegar on this on the Italian sub. Mm. This is like the the like it is that it is it is that that just brings it to that next level of authenticity of experience. <laughs> 
Mm. <laughs> How would you describe the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? Oh, man, it was like the warm lettuce on a chicken, man. <laughs> dude, but then you realize, dude, that's... That's so... That's such an integral part of the McChicken. Yeah. If I had a cold, <laughs> crunchy piece of lettuce, that would not be the same McChicken. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you and I get each other. <laughs> uh, I loved... So, I knew a lot more of this show, more about the show leading up to it than you did. Oh, as yeah. As is usual these days. I knew there was Anakin... No, no I knew no. there was Obi-Wan and a red lightsaber. Yep. Could be anyone's. Could, Could be anybody. Probably an Inquisitor. I, probably, I thought it was going to be Vader. I was like, probably Vader, right? Like, they'll probably do, like, a final scene of him just, like, just, like, turning it on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And then it just ends the season. I didn't realize, like, nope, this is, like, an Obi-Wan and Darth Vader thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that. a show about the two of them. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like, Hayden Christensen was on all the interviews. He was on the cover of Vanity Fair with I Ewan. I didn't see that. There were so many things. They were, like, all... They did he's still all the a dime press. piece. He's aged very gracefully. They both, we were saying this before. They both aged very <laughs> gracefully, like... Uh, it was so funny. <laughs> I was talking about it downstairs with the girlfriend, and she said, "My number one male celebrity crush." And I said, "Same, Ewan McGregor." And she goes, "Yeah, but," and I said, "From Moulin Rouge." And she just <laughs> lost her mind laughing. <laughs> She's like, "Yes." <laughs> Actually, who was my first like? This dude's attractive. Back when I was young, mine was Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't know. Also, James McAvoy and the X-Men Brad prequels. Pitt. Brad Pitt. Are we talking like Fight Club, Fight Club. shredded? It was the <laughs> Fight Club fucking <laughs> shred city. Like Negative 1% body fat Brad Pitt? No, actually, no, not him. Um, uh, uh, Colin Farrell. In what? Um, What was it? SWAT? Uh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Phone Booth? <laughs> SWAT, Phone Booth. There was another movie he was in. Uh, in Bruges? No, this was before In Bruges. Alexander. Oh yeah. Oh, he was gay in Alexander. Yeah, big hunky blonde guy. He had Jared Leto. Was in Alexander? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I've that, never seen it. Yeah, that was his boy toy. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyways. But anyway, hunky hunky Ewan McGregor, Anakin, Hayden Christensen aged gracefully. They were doing all the press junkets together. So I knew that this was going to be like a Darth Vader. Vader's like in this in, in the show. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be like a Ooh, Darth, I wonder who's going to show up. And then surprise, it's Anakin. Mm -hmm. If he was like in all the interviews, like he's too big to hide at that point. Um, um, so I knew that I was cautious about it because my whole thing was like ah, in episode four. It was very much like we're meeting for the first time since Revenge of the Sith. Because there's a line of last time we met, uh, you were the master and I was but the learner. Now I am the master. So it's like, they're going to mess with that, I think. I mean, he still calls him master. Yes. <laughs> so the thing that I loved so much about this episode, well, watching the show, I was like, this is cool. Oh, and all the trailers, they barely showed anything off of Tatooine. They showed a lot from episode one where he's in the right. sand watching and fighting with Owen and things like that. And you see Luke acting like he's on a speeder while he's sitting on the roof of his hut. Uh, and then you see like a couple scenes from that like cyberpunk city. Uh, and things like that. So it's like, okay, he's going to go off world at least once. That's a little odd because I feel like he just stayed on Tatooine for 10 years. Uh, no mention of Leia. 
So we're like, it's going to be a show about him <laughs> protecting Luke and Vader's going to show up. But yeah. Vader's not supposed to know that Luke Vader is doesn't know. This is gonna, all going to be weird. Yeah. I'm really worried about this. But like cautiously optimistic because Deborah Chow is a fantastic writer, director. Uh, obviously, Ewan's been like super passionate about this. He's executive producer mm-hmm. on it. Um, and he's been like, he's wanted this to happen for a long time. This was also, it was supposed to be a movie. Uh, the solo yes, you mentioned movie that last time, yeah. The solo movie flopping so hard canceled this Obi Wan movie, and then they which like, I put still it don't understand why it flopped. I think everybody said it was because you couldn't replicate such an iconic character. Yeah, I think so. I think there was also a lot of bad press about it too. They swapped out the director in like the last quarter of the movie. The aide Alden Emmerich had to take acting lessons to try to act more like Han Solo, and people are like, well. I didn't even have high hopes for him before. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. And I can't tell if I'm just biased because I'm a fanboy for Han Solo and Chewbacca and the Falcon and all I that. I think it was but... just like immediate fan rage of Star Wars fans are kind of supposed to hate Star Wars. It's what they do. See, and I don't then... get that because I love it. <laughs> I fucking love Star Wars. You're a good Star Wars fan. But like Star Wars fans have the, the, uh, the, what's it called? The, they're known reputation, for the reputation for being the worst fans of anything that they're a fan of. <laughs> It's like okay. you're a fan of three, but really two movies, <laughs> and then you hate everything else. You're not a fan. True. Um, yeah. But no, anyway, I love everything. So yeah, we we, <clears throat> we like everything. I like most things. <laughs> I I could call it bad when it's bad. <laughs> I can't I can't say there's a single piece of Star Wars that I did not like seeing. Episode three of Book of Boba Fett. I was fine. All right. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I the only thing I didn't like in Book of Boba Fett. Was how badly they shot the action scenes. Yeah. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And that's not a fault of the Star Wars universe. True. That's a fault of the people who wanted to make the call to be like, you're all going to like shoot at this imaginary thing and then like all run, but then huddle behind this big thing of metal. Like everybody peek out, like Kilroy, just with your eyes looking over. And that like that decision was like, that's the same decision of like Hayden. You need to like really hate sand and Hayden being like, okay, like, how would I express that? Just say you hate sand. Just like, <laughs> oh, that's clever. Oh, you want me to be that direct? It's like, yeah, I think that's the best way to express your. your why? Hatred. Why does my character hate sand? Oh, because it's rough and it's irritating and it gets everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, like that's it though. Yes. So just say that. It's not a metaphor for anything. <laughs> like it, nope. it feels like a bleak and and like like. But I grew up empty. on Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I think it's. I hate sand, and I want to write it in the movie. So your character, but even then, I didn't hate the prequels. Yeah, I never hated the prequels. So I, I went through a long period where I like I, there was a, a a long period of time where you're kind of supposed to hate the prequels, and then everybody came around on the prequels, and then I felt safe that's to come the, around on the that's prequels. That's the funny thing. Not to get off topic, that's the funny thing about the prequels. There was a core group of people that were like, it was mainly for kids, and then it quickly became not for kids. But it. <laughs> With one swipe of a lightsaber. <laughs> the first movie was like for kids, and the second and third were totally not for kids. Uh, but it was, you know, it, it was it was limited with what they could do uh, with the technology, I think, to portray it. But they did the best they could to keep it immersive and continue the story. And I appreciated it for what it was. And a lot of people, I think, I think there are a lot more people than than you think will actually agree with me. Of they were fine. They were good movies. They yeah, weren't I, like horrible. They weren't the originals. But they were never supposed to be. And they're political movies, and that's fine. And then you had the majority outcry of just like, no, they're shit. And like that's (laughs) and then finally when they shut up 
everybody the 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 murmurs of everybody saying it really wasn't that bad got louder of like yeah it really wasn't right like it was totally fine actually it was kind of good people coming out (laughs) hiding behind rocks i liked it too yeah exactly (laughs) it was that and then it was just it's they're good they're fine they're good movies like they're entertaining (laughs) so the first movie has pod racing and a little child and jar jar binks and and yeah And then one cool fight scene with lots of flips and tricks and stuff like that. And then now this is pod racing and I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. (laughs) Second movie had politics and the third movie had murdering children and Anakin gets all his skin burned off. (laughs) Yes. So like I said, quickly, (laughs) one was a child's movie. The other two were very much. And then suddenly they weren't. Suddenly they weren't child movies. (laughs) And I watched all of them as a child. They got to grow up eventually, I guess. I was the decision. I grew up because of Star Wars. (laughs) It's like, so we had the Gungan that just went like that, and that was the character. And now we're going to talk about the political underminings of taxation and how that affects trade routes and why that's pushing people into forming like a federation against that, right? Yeah. It's like, yes, the kids will totally understand the implications of this political move. And then this guy wants to save his wife so bad that he chokes his wife to death. Yes. It's like, why ain't you? It's like, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So back to Anakin. Back to Anakin. Back to Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> back to the Obi-Wan. show. Back to the show. Back to the show. Uh, so the the show started. It was off to a good start. I was like, okay, this is going to be like Inquisitors hunting for Obi Wan. That's kind of interesting. Ooh, Vader's part of this. That's going to be interesting. And that was like episode one and two. Okay. Oh, and then freaking Leia. <laughs> that was like <laughs> she was like the the baby Yoda of this show. It's like, oh my god, Leia's in this. Oh my god, this is a show about Leia. Yes. <laughs> like. That was not hinted at at all. Nobody knew that was right. coming. It was it was a super well done groundwork of the Leia we experience immediately in A New Hope. Yeah. Like oh, the fact so that good. she's immediately defiant to fucking Lord Vader <laughs> in the first 10 minutes after we see him like choke a dude with one hand. Yeah. Like not force choke. He like Undertaker... <laughs> Picks up this guy, <laughs> yeah, like chokes land from hell level one hand, and he's talking to him, just like, Where is it? Yeah, where is it? And, the and then she like, comes out and she's like, You moron, I'm yeah. on a business trip. Yeah, she's like, I'm a politician, I'm a princess, you fuck. Like, do you know what you're fucking doing? This is a peace ship, yeah. I yeah. want to speak to your manager. Yeah, she, he, and then Peter was like, Jesus Christ, take her away, like, just get her out of my face. Like, like someone is saying no to me no yeah her. that's that's how that went like so i felt like that groundwork was so properly laid yeah. of this rebellious punk yeah that we all knew but she's a princess politician and then yeah we got to see her as a 10 year old like having yeah. all those tendencies like, like like the fact that you know yeah i just i don't know i i i, I thought it was going to be cringy and there were parts that were annoying because she's a child. Yeah. But like like we've said before, her personality was so true to Carrie Fisher's yes. Princess Leia. Yeah. Like all I could think about was her being like, you're a little short for a stormtrooper. Yeah. Like that's all I could keep thinking about. Or all the time she was like yelling at Han Solo. Like basically nerf herder. fighting Han Solo all through Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Exactly. So good. Literally just like shitting on the ship, <laughs> shitting on, being like the Falcon's a piece of shit. He's just like, you watch your mouth, all right? Like, and Chewie's yelling. He's like, I know, I know. Like, like, like this, this yeah. whole, like, this whole back and forth of her character. It was just, I don't know. It just felt so organic. Yeah, she was perfect. She they did a good job. Perfectly cast, perfectly written. They did a good job. Um, but yeah, like I think it was episode one. Like they show a new planet. The camera cuts to a different planet, and I'm like. 
is that is that Alderaan? That's what I thought too. Is this Alderaan? Yeah, like, is this Alderaan? <laughs> then it shows a girl getting her hair done. I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then whoops, she's in the whole show. Yeah. And Luke is in like ten minutes total yeah. <laughs> of the whole thing. Um. Yeah. And then. Uh, and then it, like it was it became like a rescue mission it's like okay he's like gonna he's gonna take care of leia he's probably gonna take care of leia for like a few episodes and then he's gonna come back to Tatooine, and we're gonna see a few episodes of him taking care of luke or something like that and he's gonna that maybe something we didn't know but then i was like he like he clearly knows leia like they went on an adventure together like episode three they're in the back of that like rednecks truck where he's like oh, the empire isn't so bad yeah. <laughs> they said they would low taxes <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, that was Zach Braff from Scrubs. The that was Zach Braff. Hey, you could hop into my truck. That was Zach. No, it wasn't. It was Zach Braff. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just did a goofy voice and played a mole man. I don't think he like was the body. No, but, but like, he was the voice. Yeah, I never would have known that. I <laughs> yeah. never. Again, it blows my mind away the amount of people that are like, I will Please do let me be anything to be in this universe. I'll be the gonk droid. Like, <laughs> like let me just be in the credits of being I will in a be Star the Wars mole thing. man that drives the rock truck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Daniel Craig will be the stormtrooper who gets his mind read by Ray. <laughs> yes. Um,. But yeah, uh, and then there was that, and I, like they're sitting there in the back of the truck, and she's like, "I wish you were my dad." And I thought to like her sending the message to Obi Wan, like, "Please, Obi Wan, you served my father in the Clone Wars." And I'm like, "Why doesn't she say like, please, Obi Wan? We're like super tight, bro. Remember when we went on that space adventure a while ago?" Um, so like that was th- that was kind of biting at me, and then like the whole. Uh, in episode four, Vader says, last time we met, you were the master and I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And I was like, he kind of like, like completely roasted him in episode three. <laughs> I think it was episode three. Like he like wiped the floor with him, literally like, yeah. <laughs> rubbed him on a fire. Threw him um, into a fire. Yeah. I was like, it kind of seems like he was the master there. Uh, but then it was like, Obi, like it's still Ben Kenobi. Like he hasn't, he's shunned the force and he's like still trying to get back into it and he's rusty. So, like, I don't know, maybe it'll get better. We'll see. And then uh, Reva, like, was, like, really aggressive and was, like, being kind of a weird, like... She was... And then you find out she's overly aggressive she's for She's overly aggressive on purpose. Yes. Uh, and things like that. And then, like, we learn more about the backstory of, like, who Reva is, which was incredible. And, like, you learn a little bit about, like, the way or the path. Uh, it was the path, which was super cool with Ice Cube's son. Um, and then... Uh, that was all very cool, and then I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's see. Let's see how this wrap up." Episode five uh, was very cool because you get to. That's when you learned about Reva, and you got to see Darth Vader be an absolute badass and like uh, fight her without using his lightsaber at all, yeah. <laughs> which was awesome. And then this episode <laughs> was may, one like top top three best hours of Star Wars. <laughs> I would say, what? like, it was incredible it was ah oh my god i like i was cautiously optimistic i was like they got a lot to tie up yeah and they've created a lot of plot holes and i think best case for this is they could wrap up this story very neatly but i'm still gonna have some like lingering eh like i wish they didn't do this i wish they didn't do that not only did they fill all their own plot holes (laughs) like the leia knowing obi-wan he goes back to her and says like 
hey, like no one can know about this. Like we, you need to be careful. Like this, this never happened. And it's like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like no one should know about that. Like this is top secret and no one's allowed to know that we've ever known each other. That's very dangerous information. Yes, that makes sense. Boom, plot hole filled. Yep. Uh, last time we met, uh, you were the master and I was the learner. Obi-Wan slaps this dude <laughs> relentlessly and he literally calls him master. Although I think it was kind of like a, a tongue in cheek kind of like <laughs> master. Yeah. Um, but he completely makes a fool out of Vader, which at first I was like, oh, my God, you can't do that. It's Darth <laughs> Vader. He's the best. But then I was like, if anybody could, it's Obi-Wan, <laughs> especially like this Obi-Wan found a new like like energy and like he's reconnected with the force for the for the first time. It's the second time he's done that. I don't know if you remember. They were, he was getting slapped against Darth Maul with Qui-Gon. Mm. And then when he saw Qui-Gon die. Yeah. And he, like, focused. Yes. And then he comes out and he fucks up. <laughs> slices him in half and then just, like, 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 he comes out fucking roided up and just fucks him up. Like, like it's the second time you see that weird hyper focus. Uh, uh, hyper focus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they, they filled those two things. Yes. And it's like, okay. that Like, they fixed what I was going to feel weird about this show. So I'm already, like... Okay, cool. The the level of like, eh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that is gone. And then they gave us a really great story. And then they went ahead and threw in some uh, like little plot details that makes the prequels and the original trilogy better of like, I am what you made me. Uh, there's nothing left of Anakin. Uh, I am not your failure. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Oh my god. I think when that line when he said that line, I gasped. <laughs> I the the most emotional part of that show was that immediate when Hayden says that. Yeah. And it cuts immediately to like Obi-Wan's face. That's the most that's the heaviest fucking that's one of the heaviest hammers I think out of the entire Skywalker saga. Yep. That we've seen on film. Yep. Of just that face crushed. It was this weird sense of like sadness, acceptance, loss. It was this like, you know, McGregor's an amazing actor, right? Yes. So like, <laughs> like he, he crushed it. But that look that, that Anakin slash Vader gives him half through the mask and the way he says it. And then Obi-Wan's nonverbal response of his face just going through all of that. Yes. Of just, I wanted to, I came here to die trying to do this. Yeah. And bring you back. And this is it. Yeah. And it's not, and yeah. this is, it's not happening. <laughs> and, and I'm, and done. I'm, he's accepting his failure. <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan's oh. accepting his failure. He's accepting his loss. He's accepting everything. Yeah. While still being sad and, and just lost about it. But he's like, for, instead of it t consuming him, like it did at the beginning of the, the first half of the show where he's like terrified of Vader. Yeah. Now he's accepted it. Yeah. And we see the acceptance and that the was the last like, stage of grief. Like yes. I've never seen a better depiction yes. of the last stage of grief. And that <laughs> hammer was just like a boom. It was, it was like a laser waterfall of emotions. And you can hear <laughs> like the half mechanical, half normal breathing Ugh. by Anakin Vader the whole time. Just, Which was so cool. 
they literally got Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones to say the same lines in the same way so they could play them over each other. And, and like, modulate them to fluctuate. Like, yeah. back and forth as his, like, voice modulator was, like, breaking up. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, there was that. There was, like, the tying the bow, letting Obi-Wan move on, yes. and realizing that, like, you know what? This wasn't my fault. I failed, but it wasn't because of me that this happened. It's because of me that he's in this suit, but it like, and I am what you made me, but I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan, which I think that was so genius too, because we see the, like the glare from his red lightsaber and he's like, just shit talking him. And then he says, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. And like the blue from Obi-Wan's lightsaber is showing on his face. So I think that was like a, supposed to symbolize a little bit of Anakin coming out, come bubbling to the surface of Vader. And then he quickly suppresses it and says, I did. And he smiles like pure evil smile i got like goosebumps like the emotional like whiplash that that like 30 second scene gave me is unbelievable it was so well done and it was just yeah that 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 it was i have no other words other than saying it's a hammer yeah it's a hammer moment and it's and you know what? It's it's not like Vader was ever given leeway as a character of a of of a a Sith of a person who had another side. Mm. The only glimpses you see is the first time he talks to. Well, not the first time. The only time you see it is the first real fight he has with Luke, mm. where he says where he starts talking to him about the Emperor. Yeah. Like right after he cuts off his hand. Yeah. In Bespin. That's the only time you see him not be full evil and just out to just cause harm and hurt and vengeance. It's the only time he talks like a normal person. Yeah. Every other time it's intimidating. It's threatening. He's demanding. He's ordering. Or he's responding to Palpatine as an apprentice. Yeah. That's the only only ways he, he has dialogue. Yeah. Him with Luke in Cloud City. That's the only time that they that he like talks. Yeah. Right? That's like like think about that. That's really the only time we've seen Vader until recently talk. <laughs> yeah. It's like like say his plans. It's just like but we could rule together. Yeah. Like we could be together on this. Yeah, you and me can beat him. Yes. Yeah, like that's that type the of stuff. O- that's like that wasn't a thing that he would ever say. And the one that we see well, I mean, now I think that is kind of a Sith thing. Right. The whole Sith thing is I'm the apprentice. I'm going to kill my master. Yes. And then I'm the master. And then I'm going to take an apprentice and nothing bad will happen to me. And right. then the apprentice goes, I just came up with a great idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like the Vader that we always had was an intimidating, like not dialogue heavy character. Yeah. He would walk in and everybody would be like terrified. He was just intimidating. Like, yes, Lord Vader. He'd be yeah. like, go after them. Yes, Lord Vader. Yeah, yeah, and they would yeah. just go do it. And that's all the dialogue he would have. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he was very like military intimidating. Because even boss. even in even in Rogue One, when he makes his appearance in Rogue One, yeah, and he walks up and he's just like, "Don't fail." Yeah, he's giving orders. Yeah, yeah. it's never like a, "Well, are there problems?" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's no dialogue. It's yeah. just he's there as a presence of death. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> you're just like, okay, yes, and then you just go do it. Yeah, that's exactly. all his dialogue. Yes. So to yeah. to hear him like this was a shade of Vader. I've never. We yeah. never, we never seen. And it like, 
I, I don't think it nullifies any of that, Vader. Like, it wasn't contradictory no, to that. it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it just doesn't. means that there's this underlying thread. Like, this is the person he is yes. when he's not barking military orders. Yes. Like, he's a rage-fueled, conflicted-ass dude yeah. <laughs> who, like, fucked up super bad in episode three <laughs> and just kind of always knows about it and is just so filled with rage and, like, confusion and all these things and like you like it it couldn't have been done better it was like i think it was the best darth vader scene we've ever gotten like him with the broken mask like that conversation like we learned so much about him and then the follow-up conversation with by the way nobody's talking about this ian mcdermott came back as palpatine yes the yes. conversation he has with palpatine where palpatine's like bro get over it yeah. <laughs> like i think which also like oh it makes <laughs> it makes it so much better that he never found like luke and obi-wan like he stopped searching for obi-wan one because his boss told him cut that shit out yeah you're done and two he's probably scared as shit of him <laughs> like he beat him twice now he cut off three of his limbs and left him to die at the edge of a volcano and then beat the shit out of him with rocks and cut his face up yeah yeah he got sliced up oh my god so yeah he's scared of obi-wan and his boss specifically forbid him from continuing to look for obi-wan which yeah of course he would he's like dude we got bigger fish to fry we got an empire to, to it's handle a single jedi versus an entire rebellion we have to suppress you're fucking up my shit yeah <laughs> like which yeah. ironically least the downfall of Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it was this one person. Yeah, it was, exactly. Well, technically it was Luke, and but like it was the, the story of Skywalker continues because of that. Yeah. So that was incredible. The whole like, we talked about it downstairs a little bit, but there's that one line that always stuck out to me in episode uh, of four uh, where he's like, no, I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. <laughs> it's like, why does he call him Darth? That's like calling him Mr. <laughs> or something like that, which obviously we talked about it downstairs, but like it, when it was written in 1977, that was like his first name. Like, yeah. not his name, but like that's his title and his title alone. Darth Vader. Darth yeah. Vader. And then they like, they added to it and the, everybody's a Darth. All the Sith are Darth. Darth That's Maul, like their, Darth it's a title. Yeah. So that kind of that backstory building kind of made that one line stand out weird. Why I don't think it did originally. Um but then this fixed that. Like he called it he called him that in like a derogatory kind of way. Like then my friend truly is dead. Uh okay, bitch. Darth. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, like that's a Star Wars version of bruh. <laughs> like, whatever, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally how he then treats him like that. He's yeah. just like, all right, then. Then you're nothing. Yeah. All right. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was great. Oh, my God. Um, The freaking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I so keep much. remembering things that There's they so made much. the original trilogy better. There is the end of episode three. We see Anakin get all his skin burned off. And he's got, like, smooth, scaly, burnt head skin. Smooth. Mm. Episode six. Well, it's, it's like, bumpy and burnt and stuff like that. Episode six, he takes off the helmet. He's got a huge scar in the side of his head. Where did that come from? Obi-Wan gave it to yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> in their second fight. Yep. Oh, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> that happened. And I'm, like, watching it there. And, I'm like, you could see his, his new, like, wound on the top of his head. And I was like, oh. <gasps> That's his scar that he had on his head in episode six. 
And then another thing about episode six, uh, when Luke is like, they're still good in you, father. I sense it. Obi-Wan once thought as you did. The whole time, I'm like, no, he fucking didn't. <laughs> the second Obi-Wan found out he was evil, he left him for dead at a volcano. Um, like, instantly. And then in this, <laughs> he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, come on, dude. Um, like, they didn't fully, like, come on, Anakin, I know you're still in there. But, like, there was, you could tell that he was there. He cried for him, and he said, I'm so sorry for all of it. And, like, you could tell that he, he still thought there was something in there. Dude, he, he pitied him when he saw his face. The way, well, he also connected to him. Yeah. Because he saw Anakin. Yeah. That's Anakin. Yeah, he well, saw Anakin, not Vader. Yeah, it, it was. And he called him Anakin. Yes. <sighs> That's, the way he says that, it's With just. his voice choking, cracking up. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Jesus the way Christ. he says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for all of it, I I started tearing up. <laughs> it, was, was it was this. Intense. It's a moment that I think not enough. I think a lot of people wish they had where they had the ability to face a mistake that they made mm. and to take ownership for it and yeah. to just wish that they could do anything to make up for it. Yeah. And that's what it sounded like when he said, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Just all of it. Just, just it, dude, it just encapsulated like desperation. It encapsulated all of his sorrow and all of his regret, but also like this weird weight of, I want you to not be this. Yeah. I want anything for you to not, for this not to be. Yeah. And it felt like it just all came pouring out yes. all of a sudden. Oh my God. Again, the chemistry. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you just, you wouldn't have had that, I think, with a stunt double. Like, yeah. it's just not the same thing. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It was such a good it was, show. It, it was, was such a good show. It was now. Here's a question. Yeah. The power behind it aside, because we're talking about Hayden Christensen and 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 Ewan McGregor, a lot of power there. Mm -hmm. That power aside, do you think this was so good and highly ranked in your book because of what it did for the story, like you just mentioned, mm. or because of how it was executed, or because of how it was like? I don't know, produced is the wrong word, but I'm trying to think of what was that X factor for this to, was it just everything coming together? I think it was everything coming together. It was just, it okay. was, I felt up, even up until episode five, which is a very good episode. I thought this is a good show. And then episode six, I was like, like I cried <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And it literally made the prequels in the original trilogy better. Yeah. Every time I watch the original trilogy now, so much of it will mean more to me. Yeah. And I think that's what was so good about the show. They made one of the best movie trilogies of all time better. better. Yeah. <laughs> like unbelievable. They somehow like, like to your point, they, they somehow strengthened an already existing movie experience yeah right? that like, we thought was complete like oh we see episode one two and three and then 30 years or 20 years pass and then we see four five six and it's all there that it makes yeah. sense but then like this kind of, it felt like it kind of wedged itself in the middle but really it like bridged the gap what we didn't know we needed <laughs> like there were gaps there we didn't think about yeah and this this took care of them yeah and they were like oh yeah that was a gap uh 
two two other things that'll tug on your heartstrings. The conversation that he has with Leia at the end, when he's like, "You are tenacious, yeah, and you are of driven, your yeah. and these these are things that you inherited from your mother, and you are f- like fearless, and you are headstrong, and whatever. Stubborn. These are gifts from your <laughs> yeah. father, and I wish I could tell you more. But like, if I were Leia, dude, we're good. That is all I need to know. <laughs> that is plenty. <laughs> um." And like that that made me tear up a little bit too where it's like holy shit yeah. <laughs> they're making they're making Carrie Fisher's Leia better by like not so subtly shoving in our face <laughs> what is Padme and what is Anakin yeah but like I never thought about that before it's just like oh she's such she's such a strong uh, lady she's, she's a rebel she's a rebel oh man she's such a rebel she's so spunky and sparky but then it's like and you kind of think like, oh, canonically, like th- these are her parents and blah, blah, blah. That's interesting. But then you think of like, they probably wrote Padme and Anakin in Off a certain of. way because like these are thing, these are traits that their children have. And uh, that was absolutely incredible. And it makes sense now. And it makes sense. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Like all of these things add to the story in a way that is satisfying and doesn't like harm anything no like it doesn't get in the way of anything else it only makes everything else better (laughs) which is they threaded the needle in like a way that is like a one in a million shot we haven't even mentioned qui-gon oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's another one that i was talking to my friends today about it where it's like i i kind of wish there was more of him but given if you had said, "Hey, Chris, we're going to give you thirty seconds of Qui Gon Jinn in the Obi Wan show," that w- they gave us the perfect thirty seconds. They did. <laughs> like the, I've been here the whole time. You just weren't ready to see. Mwah. And then <laughs> the fact that he's like, "Come on, we got a lot of shit to unpack." Yeah, is like I think that's. I mean. There's rumors of a season two coming, which I I heard that they have a season two, re- um, like it's on, it's ready. Just it's, if it gets greenlit for for like budget, they're good up, to go. Boot up the screen. Supposedly they already have the script and everything done. See, and they're just like, if you want this, we have it ready to go. The only nugget of that it's in the chamber. The only thing that I want to see explored is him and Qui Gon. But I don't. Think I think that that's could, what the season would be. It would be because here's the thing: the second that show ended. And after I like process it all, I, I immediately backed out, went to episode three mm. and played the end in the final 15 minutes when they're talking about the kids mm-hmm. and, and, and Yoda says like, uh, what do you say? He says like, Obi-Wan, wait one moment more yeah. for you. I have. Yeah. And then they have the talk and he says, uh, an old friend of yours has found a way through the force and he's waiting for you more learning, like, like more lessons for you. Uh, from your old master yes and he was like Qui-Gon (laughs) Qui-Gon and he goes yes and he says like what is it like uh the exact phrase was just like along the lines of like more training for you I have yeah we never see that training we never see it and we never see that training (laughs) or what that is yeah so you're right I don't think we need a season two but I think if you want to like just you know get the views up I think you can easily just put out a season with Liam Neeson majority in it with yeah you know McGregor like he's full-on in it and that shit will fucking be fine oh great it'll be great it's just um 
I mean, they could, they'll probably find us. I mean, here's what we thought about the, uh, season one. I was like, what the fuck is this going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> he just sits in a cave the whole time and watches Luke. And Luke kind of knows him because he's like, oh, old Ben, that crazy old fuck. Yeah. Um, that so weird like, guy? <laughs> so that weird like, old guy? He knows him, obviously. And yeah. then, like, throughout this whole thing, I was also thinking throughout the whole show, like, Luke doesn't know him. Like, he is strictly forbidden from knowing him. And then at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to meet him? <laughs> ben. Oh, you my meet, God. You want to meet him? Yeah. And then, so, like, there could be some of that. There could be him getting to know Luke a little bit or just being a, turning into a crazy old guy. <laughs> his, I could, his I, white hair starts to grow You in. could start doing, like, so here's the thing that I liked a lot. And they gave us the final glimpse of it. Mm. But the Obi-Wan we run into with Rebels and with the original trilogy is a very composed, wise yeah. Obi-Wan. The Obi-Wan we saw here, especially with his confrontation with Vader, was like the final Jedi Knight style peak. Yeah. Ben of like, his emotions are, he doesn't have full control of his emotions. He's still, like, he becomes very, very, very monk-like. Yeah. And for whatever, whatever happens between that, the end of this show and, and in the first and New Hope. Yeah. He becomes, and in Rebels, when we see him in Rebels, because even in Rebels, if you've never, if for those who listen who haven't seen it, it's very much not the old Jedi Knight style, Ben. It's yeah. very much the Jedi Master Zen monk like. Yeah. Like the way he even talks. Yeah. Is just very composed and wise and, very, and calculated. Like he always like strokes his beard and he's very thoughtful and, and like the way he speaks and yeah. He's very like old wise Jedi master and like we never see him learn that necessarily because exactly. at the end of episode three he's like rootin' tootin' Jedi Knight. Yeah, exactly. And in this he's rootin' tootin' Jedi Knight. Yes. He, I think reaches his absolute maximum potential. He finds Like it, with yeah. the avatar, avatar state that he goes into and throws all the boulders at Vader. That was the most metal shit I've ever <laughs> seen in Star Wars. Um, but then... Yeah, I think season two would be it would be really interesting. It would be a complete tonal shift from what I think. Granted, what I thought about season one was completely different, right, and I right. loved it. But it could be him like learning this new ways of the Force, and I actually think that would be really interesting because we always see people learning like chapter one of the Force. Like, here's how you go from being nobody to being a really cool Jedi, Luke and Ray and Anakin. Um, so, like, I think seeing the flip side of that, of like, okay, you've peaked. Here's how you smoke a lot of space weed and <laughs> learn how to become super zen like me and Yoda. I think it would be really cool. Yeah, because Ben also finds the way to tie into the Force because he appears yes. in Return of the Jedi as a Force ghost. So he needs to learn that, too. So he needs to learn that connection with the Force, and yeah. he does. Yeah. So we still see... Spoiler alert for Rebels, if you never see the show... Obi-Wan f- confronts and fights Darth Maul. Yeah. And the way he speaks to Maul, there's no fear. Yep. There's no concern. Zen. It's not even a matter of him like, I'm going to fuck you up. It's a matter <laughs> of him like, I wish this doesn't have to happen. Yeah. Because I know it doesn't. Yeah. But you are here because of the fact that you have not grown. Yeah. And we like, so therefore, this is why you will do. And in the show, he sends everybody off of like, you must go. This yeah. is for me. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'm going to hang tight and wait because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then he fucks up them all. And it's just like... <laughs> and but like it's three swipes. Yes. It is... I, I, like, not even. I think it's like two. It's like, bam, bam. Just... Yeah. Just kills him. And it's... But it's just... It's that composure that I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? That, like... 
it's beyond confidence. It's this weird Zen composure. He's one with the force. Like, with his decisions. He yes. gets it now. Yes, he gets he it. He yes. went off with Qui-Gon and did DMT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's plugged in. Space DMT. Yeah. Yes. And and that's why he has that also same quality. He has that kind of like smile in A New Hope almost every time. Like when he they go in the cantina and he cuts off the guy's arm. Yeah. He kind of he kind of looks around and he smirks. He just turns off his lightsaber. Yeah. And he sits back down. And he's just yeah. like, he just keeps going. Or when he's talking to Han on, on the Falcon. And it's just, oh, just so well done. Speaking of smile. Yes. The last thing I was going to say that, that'll tug on your heartstrings, because it did with mine. My friend told me, he's like, oh, by the way, think about this. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so this show. Yes. We see him take care of Luke over here. Mm-hmm. Take care of Leia over here can't tell them about each other obviously or where they came from they are so separate but he cares about both of them the same obviously (laughs) like he watches luke and he protects him so hard then he goes on this whole adventure with leia and he treats her like his daughter and like he pours it like and like he thinks of leia when he needs the strength to come out of the hole with all the boulders he loves both of them so equally and then the last thing he sees <laughs> as an alive human being is he's fighting Darth Vader and he sees some commotion over here and he looks in and sees for the first time together, Leia and Luke running onto the Millennium Falcon and he smiles and dies. <laughs> that is the last thing he sees. He does not see the two of them together until that moment. He does smile. He, he does smiles. smile. He sees them together and like, maybe it's just like, until episode six of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I thought that it's because he's ready to die. He's, he smiles. He is one with the force. He's life. ready. After this show, I will canonically think that he looks over and he sees these two siblings reunited for the first time ever, which obviously George Lucas didn't write it to be like that. <laughs> but that's what it means to me now. And he sees them run onto the thing and he's like, oh, man, there they are. They're going to take over. They're like, they're they going to rock this shit. They got this. <laughs> All right. It's my I'm time. ready. Zoop. Yep. Oh, my God. I got goosebumps just now saying it. And I got goosebumps when my friend told me that. Like, because they get on they get on the Death Star. He's like, all right, you go save the princess. Oh, my God. It's your sister. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'm going to go take beam. care of the tractor beam. And then the next time he sees anybody, he sees the two of them together. And he's like, they fucking did it. Dead. <laughs> The smile, and also the funny part now that I yeah. realize it, is when Vader slices him, and he just f- disappears into the Force immediately, and Vader's him. like, what? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like it, it now makes me think that Vader thought he was actually going to slice him in half. Oh, yeah. And didn't realize, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, because Vader didn't know about the becoming one with the Force. He didn't know about Qui-Gon. He didn't know about uh, that Obi-Wan can do that. Correct. Uh, that is like in canon the first time that that happens. Yep. And like, think about that like in 1977, if that happens and you have no idea about the rest of the shit and blue Yoda and blue Obi-Wan that comes up later, you're like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> like that must have been mind blowing, but I always took it for granted. Oh my God, this show. So you don't want a second season. I, I think that the story that they just gave us is so complete and it has such a nice little bow. But after talking about it all day today, I would really love to see him train with Qui-Gon because I, like I said, I don't think we got enough Qui-Gon. I would have loved to see more. And then obviously Luke knows him and he probably knows him more than just, hello there. (laughs) I think, oh yeah, by the way, 
Um, I feel like what they could do in a season two is focus on just the training and then give us a story arc with Reva. I, I was also thinking that. I don't want a forced action thing with... Oh, like, we don't need it. Like, yeah. You and McGregor and Liam Neeson are both good enough actors yep. that we could have a compelling I would watch show. six hours of them talking in a cave. Yes. And training <laughs> and going back and forth and, and, and Qui-Gon, like, still teaching. Like, yeah. we could still... That's Imagine fine. how cool season two would be if it would be like Qui-Gon teaching him the ways of becoming one with the force and like he experiences more aspects of the force that we haven't seen before. Like there's so much mystical shit out there that like they've kind of touched upon here and there and it's fucking weird. Like it gets bonkers out there. Yeah. Like in the Clone Wars, like the father, the daughter and the son and stuff like that were like the original force users are that are on this planet that exists but doesn't really exist. And like <laughs> there's all these different ways to tap into the force and what the force is and the midichlorians. And there's all these cool things that they could explore that they never really yeah. touch on because it's all about like good guys, bad guys, lightsabers, guns. I don't think it would need to be action. Yeah. I think if they wanted action, I saw somebody, I think on Twitter or subreddit say this, that if the company wanted to just pour money out. All they need is Billy D. Williams in a casino <laughs> telling old stories and the flashbacks are Donald Glover yep. having just doing the story, acting the stories out. Yes. And that's all you need. And well, this one time when I was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then it just, boom, it just flashes you back. And I would love to like see that but like lando's telling these exaggerated stories and the stories that we're seeing are actually super exaggerated <laughs> like lando is way cooler than he ever was <laughs> but like it's because that's the story that they were telling yeah i heard that and like that i've i've seen this so many times from so many different people i think it's picking up enough traction that i could see it being one of those things that is like fan created that gets so much buzz that it becomes a reality <laughs> i could see it you think donald uh, glover would be like no i don't yeah, want to be in oh Wars. donald glover's waiting he's like throw me back in coach <laughs> you could even i know it'd be like a pain but you can kind of like olive branch solo by having han solo involved in some of the stories yes of like but didn't i think you... people are starting to come around on solo yeah and then it's like well didn't you like lose the falcon it's like oh whoa, whoa, whoa. here's how that really happened here <laughs> no it was stolen from me and then like, and, like, and then, like there's a story about like yeah about them again right yeah. like you could totally do that and it's just that would be really nice. You can totally, it almost be yeah. like Star Wars What If, but, but told by one unreliable narrator. <laughs> That's pretty much what you could do with it. Yeah. And it would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really fun. I mean, yeah, I, I think, okay, how about this? Would you rather have stuff like that where it just it essentially it enhances the storylines from the Skywalker saga, like 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 we said with Lando sure. or like season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Or would you rather have completely unrelated things like Mandalorian? Completely unrelated things like Taika Waititi's next movie that's coming out in late 2023. Did okay. you see this interview with him recently? No. I'm assuming you didn't. You're a big fan of his. I don't really follow anything that he does. Very big fan of I his. I know you are. Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, our flag. I was going to say the pirate one. The pirate one. All very good. Uh, he does such. Oh, and um, wait, is he signed on for a Star Wars thing? Jojo Rabbit. Um, yeah, he. The next Star Wars thing that isn't a TV show is Taika Waititi's movie coming out in late 2023. No information. He just gave an interview about it, and he said, "I signed on because I 
what I am most interested in in Star Wars is telling stories from the other side of the galaxy that have nothing to do with the Star Wars story that we know about. No Skywalkers, none, no characters that we already know. Something completely different that still follows the rules of this world. So he just wants the freedom to say whatever he wants, to tell a story how he wants. Exactly. Not be in the confines of like the canon or lore of anything that's been yep. said before. I think like the canon and the lore and things like that and like, but... He probably has some really cool story that he pitched to Kathleen Kennedy or something. And she's like, yep, that I see dollar signs <laughs> like that sounds great. Probably just finished Thor Ragnarok, uh, saw how successful that was. And he's like, hey, Kathleen, do you mind if we uh, grab lunch sometime? I'd Imagine love to tell you about this little. He makes a story that becomes another iconic like storyline, like touch point, like another a new episode four. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because, like, we've talked about it. Like, the whole, the thing with Boba Fett, the the show, it's like, I don't need the lore expanded of Jabba the Hutt's basement. Like, that is not the more things that I want to see. I want to see Mandalorian. Like, I want to see planets we've never seen before. I want to see what happens after episode nine. I want to see what happened before episode one. Like, I I want to see what happens way over there while this story was happening. I think they are... I think what they did, if I had to guess, is that they bought Star Wars and they said, we're going to flesh out and tap out what we can out of the foundation of what this universe is. And I think they're getting close to that. Yeah. And I think their numbers are reflecting it. Obi-Wan is going to be thrown for a, 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 a ride because people love Obi-Wan. Yeah. So it's going to be like, oh, fuck, wait, so the prequel, original, like, what are we going to do? I think there's a little bit of that, but I think it's also a little bit of like, we're wrapping stuff up, though. Like, the story is getting... There's a lot of loose ends or yeah. getting like taught. Yes. In the story, in the in the saga of what we have from one through nine, a lot of stuff between Clone Wars and Rebels yeah. and like all the books and yeah. all the comics. One through six is like rock solid. All now. the shows. Yeah. I'd like to see them work on four through nine. Like show me more between six and seven. We have the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, obviously. But like I could use mm-hmm. more of that. Like I could like how did the first order start up? Like there's like comics and like there's some side stories that tell that. But like yeah, show me a little bit more about that. Show well, me a little bit more Luke's Jedi school. That's technically show me a little in the bit video more games. Ahsoka. If you want to get like technical, true. Technically, it's like oh well, they like they did they they fucking kamikaze Jakku and then anybody. Oh yeah, left. Battlefront two. Yeah, 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 like like the this. Yeah. So, but I know your point. It's like. You shouldn't have to go play the video game to like, understand the story. There is, by the way, for anybody who's interested in that story, which is very good. Um, there's re- there's multiple really great YouTube videos of just the story of Star Wars Battlefront Two cut together into like a long four. It's a good movie. story, and it's it's a really good story. And there's have a, you not played the campaign? No, I just watched that YouTube video. It's a good campaign. It's fun to play. <laughs> yeah, it's a good campaign. Um, yeah, I could use more of that. I'm extremely excited for Taika's movie, and I really hope it does well. I think Ryan Johnson's trilogy is on the back burner because his I, his pitch was, I want to do something different. I don't want to tell a Skywalker Saga trilogy. I want to tell my own different trilogy. And I think they trust Taika a little bit more than the very mixed reaction that Ryan... The guy that fucked up with episode uh, <laughs> eight? Yeah, no, totally. Depending on who you ask, it's definitely the most polarizing... I. Th- I, I Actually, without a doubt, Episode Eight is the most polarizing Star Wars movie, period. There are people who love it, and there are people who despise it. Yeah, true. Um, true. And, like, there's not really other movies like that. Like, Episode true. One, most people hate it. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the prequels. I was like, I feel like one of these prequels could probably fit that criteria. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not much. Um, 
But yeah, I think I think we'll see how it goes. They're going to give him one movie, see how fans react to that. Okay, you like different stuff? And then maybe let Ryan Johnson tell his whatever, because there's so much out there. There is, um, there's new TV shows on the horizon that seem interesting. Andor is obviously filling the gaps between three and four, so that's just going to be more of that. But that's cool. It tells, like, a different side of, like, the rise of the rebellion and things like that. that that's something really we seen. haven't seen. We've yeah. only heard and seen snippets of, like, Oh, there's like few people helping out the rebels, and like the Rebel Alliance hasn't officially started yet. Mon Moth, the past, is, yeah, yeah. Like we still have all those senators are still in the Senate and yeah. the Empire. They the haven't Imperial fully, Senate. <laughs> they still haven't backed out yet to form the rebellion. Like yeah. we don't have a huge amount of story of how they actually came together. Yeah, I think they said what was it? I think they said in Rogue One, right? I think they were like, that's the first time they truly came together. The, it's the first open act of warfare of the rebellion. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what it was. That's what it was. But like, so we've seen like snippets. I want to see their basement meetings at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the guerrilla warfare yes. under a fascist regime type of how how do we be the change we want to see? And that's going to be Andor, which that's going to be extremely exciting. I feel like it's going to be extremely political. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be political. We know that Mon, see a Motha, lot of, yeah. Mon Mothma is in it. Um, Stellan Skarsgård is in it. We're pretty sure um, Forrest Whitaker's character is going to be in it. Um, that's when they make... Um, I think that's when they make the... the What's it called? Not the bird. It's um, the phoenix. What's a phoenix? It's the rebel phoenix. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, interesting. Have you ever like knew that? This, yeah, it's the symbol. Like, it's like a phoenix symbol, yeah. Interesting. Cool. That's awesome. Um, but then we have uh, uh, Rogue Squadron, the movie coming out. I was going to ask, when is it coming out? I, it got pushed back. I think now it's it's also 2023, I want to say. Two Star Wars movies in one year? I don't know. It's Disney. They know Marvel. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. After seeing Top Gun Maverick, oh. all I could think about was, what if the Rogue Squadron movie is shot like this? <laughs> <laughs> what if like, we get Top Gun in space? That's what I wanted. I yeah. was like, that's what I want. I was just like, I want to see hot shots who are like arguing with each other. And I want to see some cool like 9G turns. And I was going to say, I can imagine that they are, they got a lot of insight to like how to shoot some action scenes from the cockpit. Yeah. From Maverick. I think, um, Patty, Patty Jenkins, the director, she directed Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84. She's the director of Rogue Squadron. Her dad was like a blue angel pilot. So like it's in her blood <laughs> like she was going all these uh she was like a military brat so yeah. she would follow him around to all these military bases and things like that so uh, if that's in good hands i think that's I think gonna be pretty authentic sick. But then we also have the, i think the one i'm most excited for both sides taika's is star wars acolyte which is going to be a show around the sith like it is going to be the sith doing some sithy shit what what uh <laughs> like like pre-jedi order i don't think they've said they just said this. It's a Sith. Star thing. Wars Acolyte. It's about the Sith. And I think it's before episode one at some point. Okay. So it's, oh, it could be Plagueis. That would be so cool. I, I it could really. Be before the, the rule of two. Oh, there could be a. That's like way a dozen back. Sith. That's way, way back. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was Darth Bane, right? Like that's like hundreds or thousands of years ago. I don't think Bane was hundreds of thousands. Hundreds or thousands. Of oh, years okay. Ago. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty like sure Bane's Republic. not that far back. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 <gasps> it could be so cool but yeah there's there's really cool stuff in the horizon i loved obi-wan i could see there being a season two with him training with qui-gon him getting to know luke i think reva my current theory is that reva is going to show up as a video game character in star wars jedi fallen order 2 which is called star wars jedi survivor 
she's been stabbed in the gut twice. She's quite a survivor. <laughs> I think oh, she could true. she could join their squad and at least help him like evade her old coworkers <laughs> of like yeah, true. Hey, this is how the Inquisitors work. <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side now. Yeah. This is how we run and hide. I think that'd be really interesting because spoilers for that game, but the second sister was like the main villain of that game and she has a, a slight redemption right at the very end and then immediately dies. So like <laughs> it was very like, oh, darn. Yeah. Well, and I was really worried that was going to happen with Reva. I thought she was going to herself in the gut. <laughs> I think she was going to. Seppuku? Like, yes. I thought she was going to do Star Wars Seppuku and I'm really glad she didn't. Star Wars Seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably over, huh? We should wrap this up. Yeah. What an amazing show, though. What an amazing show. <sighs> Just incredible. I love Star Wars. Love Star Wars. Booty. Life is booty boot. You have a good pitch. Yeah. Better pitch than I do. I don't know if I can pitch. Booty. I have pitched that so bad that when I played in a band, my uh, bandmates, specifically Stav, I would have to look at him on stage because no matter how loud my monitor was, I could never know if I was on pitch. Mm. And he would be giving me like nods to go up or like quick nods to be like, okay, you're good. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or he would like, like, with his body, he would like drop his body down, uh, to tell me to drop to get down, to down to flat Raise out the shoulders yeah. up up up. <laughs> exactly, he would give me all these nonverbal, unspoken cues whenever we had a hard part that I would reach out and look at him for, and he always like, he was my light when all other lights went out when it came to maintaining my pitch. Yeah, 